This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Believe it! It's time. Talk time. Let's go. Anime, comics, movies, and games, and come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games, and come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games, and come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games, and come on and let's get it. Talk time. Live. Started in the 80s with Matt Cross. Dudes in the hood might have called that soft, but I carried that cross like Jesus did. Fast forward, I teach the kids to learn how to let go, live life, and show love to all things that don't matter. Where y'all from? And luckily, there's a show called Talk Time. We've been waiting for this for a long time. Dax kicks the facts on all the geek news. Special guests and unbiased reviews. Suburban kids, the hipster street dudes. All can learn something new. Me too. I heard words, but no faith is empty. I stayed the course, so my haters tempt me. Beep the podcast, that'll make them envy. It ain't too trendy. It's ACMG. Anime, comics, movies, and games. And come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. And come on. And let's get it. Talk time. Anime comics, movies and games. The come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime comics, movies and games. The come on and let's get it. Talk time. Welcome back to the Journal of My Life that covers all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the Prime Show. I am your host, Xavier Josiah. Folks, we got a fun show to talk about today because on our talk topic, we are going to review Monster Hunter that was released on December 18th, 2020. Another one of Paul W.S. Anderson's very interesting projects based on a video game. And uh, yeah, there's a lot to talk about. I think i learned truly what the word nonsensical mean and we'll talk about that more in the top of our show but we also got a lot of uh, a lot of other news as well we got uh to talk about the invincible trailer we got wandavision of course oh do we have wandavision to talk about this week never ceased to amaze me uh the 2021 crunchyroll awards came out and then we're gonna talk about the results that and then also my thoughts on the anime series thus spoke kisabe rohan which is based on the jojo's bizarre adventure saga diamond is unbreakable one of my favorites so we'll talk about all that and much more so let's not waste any time Let's find out what's new in the world of ACMG. And now it's time to find out what's new in the world of ACMG. so the first order of news that i want to talk about is the invincible trailer we finally got an official trailer to this new animated series that will be premiering in march on amazon prime robert kirkman's invincible based on the uh comic book from image i believe i don't know if this was the first because i stopped following image a long time ago in terms of uh comic books and and catching up with the books that they were doing because you know they changed their whole entire way since the 90s and you know 
I fell off it just like a lot of other people did after the turmoil, <laughs> the, the temporary turmoil of, uh, of Image before Robert Kirkman came in. But Invincible was one of the other projects that he did aside from The Walking Dead. And it was based on a kid who was trying to live up to his father, who is like the most powerful superhero in the universe, I believe. And um, he all of a sudden is getting these powers as well. But there is a twist uh, to all this. Oh, from what I'm reading on IMDb, they said um, his his father is the most powerful uh, be, uh, superhero on the planet. His father also looks like J. Jonah Jameson. And I at first up, I'm like, that can't be a coincidence. And I know it's not a coincidence now because J.K. Simmons is playing Omni-Man, who is also J. Jonah Jameson on everywhere else. So it's, there's no coincidence <laughs> <laughs> also, I find that to be very, very interesting. And, and the fact that he could get away with that, that's quite interesting as well. Because he is a dead ringer for J. Jonah Jameson in here. So that is happening right now. But the trailer starts off, you know, with the alien invasion. And, uh, his, and his father is fighting off against these aliens. And we see the uh, character who plays Invincible. Actually, by the way... Mark Gar uh, Grayson, I should say, played by Steven Yeun, who is Glenn from The Walking Dead. So there is life after getting beaten ahead by Negan. So that's awesome. I loved his character. I I was I think that's what started me from stop watching The Walking Dead uh, series was seeing Negan kill Glenn. It was a dark day for me. It was a dark day for many. But I digress. He's back with Robert Kirkman. And he's working on this show. He's the star of this show. This is awesome. And um, this this animated series looks fantastic. I mean, this is absolutely DC animation level awesome. And so we're going to see this journey that uh, Grayson is going to go through with his father to try to be the absolute best that he could be. You know, he wants to be a superhero just like his father. And he ends up turning into Invincible. And his father's going to be training him. But... Like I said, I've never read the book, but from the looks of what's happening in the trailer, uh, he's as he's training for all this, he's going to discover some things that he didn't want to discover. There's some things that uh, it's going to be interesting. He's going to meet up with a lot of superheroes uh, like him, you know, of his same age, sort of like the champions, I guess. Um, but then I'm looking forward to this twist. And I'm also looking forward to the amount of casting that they're doing here. We got... Sandra O, oh, who's playing um, Debbie Grayson, who's Mark's mother, and I guess the husband to Omni Man. We got Seth Rogen in this series as well, playing as Alan um, the Alien. Um, Zazie Beats as uh, Amber uh, uh, Bennett. We got Mark Hamill. You know, this is major when you got Mark Hamill in here. He's playing Art Rosenbaum, you know, and, and just so many others that'll be on this series as well. This is going to be awesome. Gray Griffin. Shout out to her. She's back in there. She's playing a character named Amanda. Um, a lot of funny thing. A lot of the DC voices that you normally hear is going to be in this project. So they're not holding back. Kevin Michael Richardson, of course, is in here. So um, Nicole Byer. I mean, you got some really heavy duty talent on this. And this looks like it's going to be awesome. This is also, if I'm correct, not a, you know, this is not going to be like some normal PG type of uh you know experience they are absolutely going to be going all out in this this is going to be gritty this is going to be bloody you know this is going to be very interesting so um i'm looking forward to seeing this 
This it, it looks every bit as awesome, and it'll be premiering on March 26th. So here's what we got now. March, you know, March is normally March Madness for the uh, NCAA. Comic book fans is taking this over, <laughs> and movie buffs as well. Because here we go. We got now we got Invincible that's coming out on the 26th. We also have Zack Snyder's Justice League that's coming out in March. We got Falcon and the Winter Soldier that's also coming out in March. We got Godzilla versus Kong all coming in March. This is truly March Madness for comic book fans. We're taking it over. I'm just saying. So uh, it's awesome. It looks great. I am looking very much forward to it. We needed this like more than ever. I, I, I can't stress this enough with the whole entire 2020 that we had to suffer 2020 was like a super like going to the gym and lifting up a super set of weights with nobody spotting you that's what it felt like and and you got two you got like four 45 pound plates you're holding up and there's nobody to help you uh you know lift that up that's what 2020 felt like now we got superman and lois helping to lift us up we got Falcon and the Winter Soldier helping to lift us up. We got the entire Justice League helping to lift us up. We got Godzilla versus Kong helping to lift us up. We got Mortal Kombat in April helping to lift us up. And then down the line, we got hopefully by the time this that movie comes, we'll be all vaccinated and we'll be back in theaters to actually watch uh, Black Widow. So it's I, I feel it coming back and hopefully the economy will come back and everything will be slowly progressing back to normal in that case but to have this form of entertainment it really helps you know people get through and it's awesome i mean wandavision alone has been doing that and speaking of which it's time let's talk about what happened <laughs> this week on the episode of wandavision episode seven we're two episodes away and they're not disappointing at all each one does more than the other and I, 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 to all of you out there that are listening, if any of you are one of those people who was sleeping on this show, y- y- come clean. Admit that this show is good. Admit that actually not only is this show good, but this may be one of the best shows of the year. And it, it, it's definitely one of the best shows out right now, just like in general. Like of all the TV shows that you watch, you know, now granted, Young Rock was, the first episode of Young Rock is awesome. But I digress. This show has done so much in terms of just storytelling, phenomenal acting. You got you got this cast who has to portray different generations of comedy. And it is just unbelievable. The range of Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany and 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 um and Kat Denning and all these and all these other cast members as well. And it's just been fantastic fantastic what these guys what these people are doing and i am so happy to be able to watch this show because they are doing so well um tiana paris alone is kind of the real big focus of the show like you already have elizabeth olsen and you got paul bittany who's already established here but man and then you got a surprise of evan peters as well but tiana Paris is the biggest focus of this entire series. Her becoming Photon is slowly but surely becoming the big thing of this entire show. And this episode especially was the episode that just, it, it was it was everything. So 
let's start off by mentioning that they are doing the they're paying homage to like shows like the office and in modern family and arrested development and parks and rec by doing the documentary a document um documentary type of style of filming that they that we've seen many a times and wanda's wanda's powers is going out of whack since the last week and uh she's trying to find peace <laughs> she's trying to find peace in here the kids are also feeling a little bit weird after the events of last week all um tommy and billy like uh I forgot which one i believe tommy tommy's the one, no is it is it tommy or is it billy the one that has the powers has the uh is the wicked um whichever but they're they're feeling very strange she's trying to make sense of everything as well all of a sudden of course whenever there's a dire need for help and distress agnes is always there and once again comes right on time and volunteers to watch the kids so she could get a day off and it should be noted that this show is just focusing on Wanda as a single parent. <laughs> so because of because Vision is off investigating Westview and she blasted uh, Pietro away, she considered them both abandoning them. It, but the kids still acknowledge that he's their uncle and she claims that that's not their uncle anymore. So that's that situation. So now we have a single parent, you know, sitcom. <laughs> <laughs> with that i thought it was funny that they did that and then also you know also followed by that they're doing the documentary style as well uh there was a fun there was a funny moment when they were doing the documentary style when wanda was being interviewed and the interviewer talked to her which if you watch the office and modern family and parks and rec that never happens that's something that you know that's taboo in that type of you know formula they never the interviewer never talks back I think the only time I've seen that was um, was the show that uh, Kenya Barris came out with, like it's um, what was it called? Uh, it's Black AF on Netflix, which is absolutely hilarious. By the way, if you haven't seen that, it's from the Kenya Barris. For those who don't know, is the guy who uh, came out with Blackish and all the ish uh, series that you see on ABC right now. He has a Netflix show that kind of takes all of that concept but then takes it further because he's on netflix so he could say and do whatever the hell he wants so it's almost like a rated pg-13 or rated r version of blackish in a sense but it's starring the guy who created it <laughs> you know so um that's that but otherwise you don't necessarily hear the interviewer talk back you they just go on with the flow and you know the cameras are rolling at this time we also get a new commercial in the form of a product a, a, a drug product, a OTC drug product called Nexus, which is like supposed to be an antidepressant drug. Like any OTC drug uh, ad, you it, they remind you of the side effects. And in this case, it well, the side effects for this was feeling your feelings, confronting your truths, seizing your destiny, and possibly more depression. I will never take this drug ever. <laughs> Actually, any drug that is at, at announced on TV, I will never, hopefully I'll never have to take because the risk is ridiculous for some of those. The commercial ends with a slogan, because the world doesn't revolve around you, or does it? <laughs> so they go back into the uh, show and Agnes uh, finally reveals herself as well in this episode. And that was one of the biggest things in this episode. So there was a there was the point, and I'm probably getting ahead of myself in this case, and I am. So I'm actually gonna, gonna talk about the re Agnes's reveal because before we get to that point, Jimmy and Monica acquires a heavy duty 
uh, Mars rover type of vehicle that S.W.O.R.D. Uh, developed to try to penetrate through the field so they could get in and find Wanda. Now, there was a lot of speculation as to who Monica knew that can help him out. This aerospace uh, engineer that can help him out. I don't know this character. They This character was mentioned briefly, but it uh, people, it was not Reed Richards. <laughs> and like I said before, Reed Richards is not a aerospace engineer. He's far beyond that of an aerospace engineer. He's a one of the greatest minds and scientists in the world. So they don't aerospace engineer is a smart is a smart person, but nowhere near to the knowledge and, and, and intelligence of Reed Richards. He's far beyond it. He's like he's part of the Illuminati, for God's sake. He's one of the smartest dudes in the world. <laughs> okay, so it definitely wasn't him. Sorry. And unfortunately, plus, trust me, I would love for it to be Richards. But when they said aerospace engineer, when she mentioned that, it was like, that's not I, that, if, if anything possible, it could be Ben Grimm, possibly. But, you know, at best, but not even that. But he was an astronaut. So you can't even say that <laughs> in that sense. But we finally got this uh, this really cool uh, this Mars rover utility vehicle. Huge freaking. It, it was like a monster truck. And then second to that, now I understand where this is the also the this this episode was the episode where they put in a lot of money, a lot of money, rather to build that Elon Musk looking rover or to actually or the special effects around it. This was a very CGI and expensive episode. You could tell because everything went everything went down from here. Um, unfortunately, when Monica went on to that rover. And attempted to uh, ram into there. It failed. Unfortunately, it failed to do so, and because the field, the the energy field was just way the hex energy field, I should say, is just way too powerful. And even worse, it turned half of the rover into an old truck. Uh, so that 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 was the situation right there. So you know, I don't know how much that vehicle cost, but they lost a lot of money. They lost a hell of a lot of money there. Um, we see Monica falling out of the vehicle, but she has a gut feeling about what she can do. And she felt that she could get into that field for some reason. Um, I, Jimmy Wu was also teaming, teaming over cause he didn't get caught up into that field in the last episode and he wants to stop her, but she just keeps going. And this is when we see, we see everything happening from here where her, her DNA is starting to change again. She gets through into the field. She doesn't change into any type of version of what Wanda is projecting people to be. She has her same uh, outfit on and everything. So she is defying the reality of what Wanda is projecting in that town. And on top of that, she seems to have powers now. Her eyes turn blue. There's a blue aura around her now. And this is when people got extremely excited on the ACMG Facebook group. And it was just, this was an awesome moment to see her. She looked awesome. She looked fantastic. Um, the, the glowing eyes was just beautiful. It, she just looked so awesome. So she all, she goes off chase uh, to chase down Wanda, ends up going into Wanda's house. And basically... She tries to explain to her what's going on, that Hayward, that director Hayward is going to try to just completely bomb the entire area 
and, and just have it at that. And she's trying to convince her that she's not the enemy in here. And Wanda's still not sure because she knows that she's not doing this all completely herself and things are just out of whack and she's just going to crazy but they're about to get, get at it and for the first time when she tries to push monica away monica pushes back with her power she notices that she has new power agnes sees all this decides to come out to block her away to you know to protect her way and says like you're not welcome here she takes wanda away to her house they're at her house she ends up, you know, where, where the kids, where her kids, where Billy and Tommy is supposed to be at. And she notices that the kids aren't there because the kids were there before and they were trying to convince her. You know, they were they were there with Agnes and they were saying how Agnes, it, it feels better to be around Agnes for some reason because Agnes feels quiet. And I don't know if that was a way of um, them thinking that something's wrong there and agnes kind of felt that something they knew something and all of a sudden when wanda comes to the house she notices that the kids that she was supposed to be watching is not there and she asks agnes where are the kids agnes says while she's getting her tea they may be in the basement so she purposely wanted her to go down the basement wanted to go down the basement she notices that there's some really crazy strange things going on there. there's some dark branches and roots from a tree that is down there and she goes into this basement to see that this like majestic looking lair is down there and all of a sudden agnes appears with her hair changed and crazy looking and reveals herself saying it's one saying that she's not the, you know you're not the only uh magical girl in, a, in town and it reintroduces herself as agatha harkness uh the one behind all of this antics going on with wanda and, and manipulation of her powers in westview for those who don't know who Agne, um, agatha harkness harkness is she is a character in the marvel cinematic in the marvel comic universe um she's kind of in the gray this is a character that seems to be in the gray. She's been associated with the Fantastic Four at times. She's been associated with Doctor Strange and has, in fact, been a enemy of Wanda Maximoff in the comics as well. So she is fully introduced. And what I love about this is because for weeks I've been saying she is the one responsible for everything that's going on because she keeps reappearing at all at the right times and everything. And then also on IMDb, it shows that she's in every episode. So there was the one point that kind of threw us off last week where Vision found her at the end of Westview. And it literally was to throw people off. Because come to find out when she revealed herself as Agatha Harkness, she goes into a, a opening montage intro that pays homage to the monsters. And I don't know how many viewers know what the monsters is because that is a old, old movie I mean, old uh, TV series from the 60s based on a family that was, you know, monsters from monster movies, but they were legit. And she, they even had the font, the monsters font and everything in there. And it's, it, in this intro reveals everything that she's been doing leading up to now, uh, bringing back Pietro, um, 
messing with Vision during the time of um, the first two episodes. Uh, she was the reason why the dog died. And she reveals that at the very end of the episode. It's hilarious. This is going to be awesome. And this is how the actual show ends with her in the intro. So, what also I should note too that there was a they the camera panned at a book that was really that seems to be generating magic within all of these within the room possibly everything that's going on there that book looks like one of the books that is that belongs into the sanctum of um of where of where dr strange lives at many of our acmg members have reason to believe that this is a dark hold and it's very possible that it could be however there's a problem with that and that is the fact that the dark hold was revealed in the ghost rider season of agents of shield already so this step that, that book has already been mentioned and if you look at the book in this episode and you look at the dark hold book in agents of shield they're totally they have totally two different covers but if you look at doctor the doctor strange movie there's a lot of books that looks like the dark hole books in this book that we see right here but they're different versions there are plenty of books in the sanctum that people could have taken from and and <coughs> excuse me first of all if that is the case that is another book in the library of the sanctum then wong needs to be reprimanded or fired because people keep taking books from the sanctum uh look how easy it was for dr strange to keep taking books from the sanctum in the movie while he was listening to i think britney spears or whatever like that so you know wong needs to if that's the case wong needs you know some explaining to do on that one but the problem is if that is truly if they're claiming that that is the dark hole they have to somehow some way make sense of it because the dark hole was already revealed in ages of shield agents of shield as many know is connected into the marvel cinematic universe and if they claim or say that that's the dark hole that's going to disconnect that series to what is going on in this series and i will be kind of disappointed in that because agents of shield worked their butts off despite the fact that they couldn't really fully connect everybody and break open the forbidden door allowing you know the chris helmsworth and elizabeth olsen's and the tony and, and the robert downey juniors into it but they did get um samuel l jackson in to to that series to connect everything in so uh and then phil colson alone who was connected to the original first phase uh has been there the whole time so it, it wouldn't make sense for them to call this the dark hole unless they can explain how that version of the dark hole that was in ages of shield turned out to be this book because they have two different book covers so i this is going to be interesting i don't i honestly i'm hoping that it's not the dark hole but i truly don't think it's the dark hole i think it's a whole nother another book that they're using of course it could be that something it, it's altered in some form or fashion but hopefully it they'll explain what happened with this and and in somehow some way that you know if it is the dark hole book that they make sense of it because I, I they are, they're not known for um, they're not known for creating plot holes. They're virtually not that many plot holes if you combine everything that is going that is going on in the past three phases 
to happen. You know, there there aren't that there aren't that many plot holes that you can really point out in 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 the Infinity Saga here. So if they do that, that that will be a shame. But nonetheless, that book was shown for a reason, and I'm looking forward to seeing what it is uh, and what's the source. But I one thing is guaranteed: this is absolutely connected to Doctor Strange uh, and the new movie that's coming out. So and a lot of people are hoping we see her here. We see her in here now. Is there a possibility we will see, um, you know, uh, Cumberbatch play, you know, reprise his role as Doctor Strange, come in here, help save the day, you know, bring Wanda into, you know, the that universe as well and, you know, have them connect and we're going to see Spider-Man and everything from there. So I'm looking forward to it. But I, I tell you, um, Tiana, Tiana Paris was the highlight of, of this because now we're going to see exactly what is going to happen in here and this also is going to you know there's also a this would be considered a preload to captain marvel 2 because then we also got there's that situation with her and and um carol denvers that we need to find out and what animosity she has about her which I, to me it's obvious that you know carol wasn't around during the time when her mom was, you know, diagnosed with cancer and she wasn't there. And I think there's going to be some animosity between the two and that new. But that's going to be interesting. I'm looking forward to that. But it, I just great job with them connecting the uh, dots to everything as always. And we got two episodes left. We just have two episodes left here. And I am so looking forward to how this is going to end. And then it's just going to segue right into the events of falcon and the winter soldier which i know that that series is going to do really well but man they got some shoes to fill here but i think if anything they'll do it they will be able to do it but thank you marvel studios again this is just you marvel studios for me personally i can't speak for anybody else this series has helped ease everything that is going on right now in 2021 the beginning of the new chapter is starting to be a really good one with these shows are coming on too so moving on to other news the crunchy roll awards came out again this year um and this time it was awesome because you were able to watch this show on all different formats they went i think they went around the way of um doing it the way the game awards do it and allow you to watch the series watch this event on every platform uh facebook youtube uh you know anywhere that you can watch it i believe maybe twitter maybe as well but it was on it's about like an hour and a half of it and you know they get really good results here the only thing i hate about the crunchyroll awards is that they don't i don't think that they base it on anime in general because they don't own every single anime in their library it's just the the anime in their library that they focus on and i don't think that's kind of eh, it's kind of an off-putting thing because if it's just based on the library that they have it doesn't mean that everybody's going to be every anime is going to be voted in but then again there is a ton of anime out there and they do own a large sum of it they have rights to a large sum of it as well so i'm just going to run down the winners of this year and what i like about this is that even if i didn't watch any of these uh series it'll interest me on why they you know added on so i'll i'll definitely be into this but anime of the year jujutsu uh kaisen i saw that was something i definitely wanted to check out best animation keep your hands off 
Izokin. Uh, Best Fantasy ReZero. I've heard a lot about this, and there's a game coming out based on it uh, coming soon as well. Um, Starting Life in Another World Season 2. Best Drama Fruit Baskets Season 2. Best Comedy Kaguya Sama Love and War. Best Girl Kaguya uh, Shin uh, Shini. Uh, I'm sorry, Kaguya Shini Mia from Shini Shinimonia <laughs> from uh, Kaguya Sama. Love is War, Best Boy, Shoyu uh, Hinata from Haiku to the Top. Isn't that the uh, volleyball series, I believe? Uh, it, I believe that is. Best Protagonist, uh, Katarina Claus from My Next Life as a Villainous. All Routes Lead to Do. These titles, I love them. <laughs> Only anime can have like a sentence for a title. Uh, best Antagonist. Ryomen Sukuna from Jujutsu Kaisen. I really do got to watch that. It, it looks like something I would definitely be into. Best fight. Now, this is interesting because I think just this, this is possibly about to fall. Um, best fight scene, Deku versus Overhaul from My Hero Academia Season 4. Yeah, no doubt. That was a great... It, in, in terms of fighting sequences, yeah, for that year, for the year 2020, yeah, it is. It just, you know, and, it, and this is for best fighting scene of the year not all time but yeah i don't think there was another fighting scene that everybody was talking about but deku did really do an awesome he really got himself into an awesome fight with this as well so uh it will never be i think the best fighting scene for me right now is still goku versus um Jen, uh jaren in dragon ball super's tournament of power that that event was so big and that's why i'm thinking like okay yeah this this by default was the best fight ever and for, uh, for that year but nothing was topping goku versus jaren like that that was so heavily promoted they promoted that like they really promoted that like it was a actual pay-per-view event and people treated it like it was a pay-per-view event waiting for this to happen and it didn't disappoint because they were it was some of the best back and forth battle fast pace everything going on um, what I did like was just Deku, Deku here going like he was plus ultra 100 in this one, <laughs> you know, so it, he went up against overhaul. Um, if you haven't, if you're a my hero fan and haven't played my hero academia, uh, one justice two, you, you sleeping that, that game is so much fun. It's so much better than the first one too. So best score, Kevin, per, uh, Pennekin for tower of God, best director, Masaki, uh, Yosa keep your hands off uh Izuken. uh best character design uh miyoku ito original design by uh Edurio. and i'm probably butchering these names if i am please forgive me toilet bound hanako kun uh, best couple nasa yasik yazaki and sukasa yuzaki uh, from tonikawa over the moon for you best VA performance Japan Yusuke uh, Kobe, Kobayashi as uh, Nat, uh, Natsuka Natsuki Subaru uh, of ReZero starting life in a another world season 2 best voice actor English Zeno Robinson as Hawk from My Hero Academia season 4 I do like that voice I do like I, I, it, that voice is really cool um, it is first of all hawk on my hero is one of my favorite new characters of that series he actually looks 
like the thing with my hero academia that i think is so funny and quirky and it's meant to be this way is that these are all superheroes but they don't look like the superheroes that we're accustomed to in america these guys have the goofiest costumes ever along with the goofiest names and the goofiest you know um powers deku seems you know uh deku seems to be like the only one who has a normal power in a sense of just regular you know super strength and whatnot but his costume looks ridiculous <laughs> i've always said it hawk i love his outfit because he has he has wings he has a pair of really cool glasses and visors, but he has like the Sherlin, you know, coat that he wears, like like a um, he wears the aviator coat and gear that he has, and it, it, the, the color scheme is really cool towards it as well. So, and it, it's really complimentary to his wings. I, so I, you know, he literally looks the best in there. Uh, best opening sequence: Wild Side, All Beast Stars. Uh, that's a series I need to get back on to. That series. Um, that series is pretty good actually uh best in last category best ending sequence lost in paradise ali featuring al Klo, uh jujutsu kaisen i gotta listen to that because what i didn't hear and this is again this i don't think that this is a series that's that crunchy roll has great pretenders which is on netflix at the end sequence they use queen's version of great pretender and it's so awesome I it, what I love about that is that it reminds me of when the original Neon Genesis Evangelion used to play "Fly Me to the Moon," Frank Sinatra's "Fly Me to the Moon," but it was um, voice it was uh, sung by a female artist, and it meant so much to that series. And when they took it out, people were like myself included. Were it's hard for me to watch neon genesis even getting that because all of the original voices is gone and then they took away fly me to uh fly me to the moon but great pretenders that's what you know what that even pisses me off more because neon genesis Evangelion is now on netflix great pretenders is now on netflix but great pretenders is using queen's great version of great pretender the song they couldn't get the rights to play fly me to the moon dude that's 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 wrong <laughs> that's so wrong man but those are the uh winners of the uh crunchy roll the 2021 crunchy roll awards right there so it is what it is last bit of news i want to talk about is and we're continuing on anime here's this series that just came out for netflix based on one of my favorite jojo bizarre adventure sagas diamond is unbreakable that is thus spoke kisabe rohan i talked about this on other episodes as to understanding why this character this particular character got his own series now i wasn't quite understanding that now when i first saw kisabe rohan on diamond is unbreakable he came off as more of the villain a very creepy 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 villain and his powers to be still creep me out the fact that he could turn your body into pages of manga is the weirdest thing ever and, and he had and by doing that he has the ability to read what's in your mind what you've done in the past everything about you it's creepy and now later on you find out that he is a protagonist he's a good guy in all this he's one of the people that helps uh the, Joe, um, Jotaro and the, and the rest of the cast 
and it winds up that he's so popular in japan that they gave him his own manga series and then followed by his own anime series as well so i i was really i was really uh awestruck by that idea but after watching this i totally get it and i'm even more of a fan of kisabe rohan in this this episode these this four episode series which is on netflix it's awesome i don't understand why it's four episodes but it's an ova it just it's automatic it's automatic ova i believe there are more episodes out there uh for this series that they made but i really enjoyed all four of these episodes it, it it's a horror thrill it's a horror thriller at best um it still revolves around the area the universe where the whole entire diamond is unbreakable cast is at um but this is totally focused around the traveling adventures of rohan which turns out to be some creepy horror stories this th think uh this is anime's answer to the twilight zone if you will or in some cases i compared it to an edgar Allan poe story and i thought this was absolutely fantastic how they put this together it was really well written really well put together creep me the hell out each episode had something really the second episode was my i think it's my favorite because it reminded me of the tall tale heart and this is the story where they had the it was based on the girlfriend that um wanted to break up with her boyfriend because she had another person she had another affair she well, wasn't really an affair her father sort of kind of casted her to another person uh an arranged marriage if you will but she had to she had to force herself away from her current boyfriend now somehow some way what has happened here is that there's this curse in the area that has allowed that has you know killed him and it made it to seem like she killed him when he just fell on a golf cart or something in the back of his head and he just it, blood just keeps flowing out and the even worse part is even though his whole entire body is drained of blood there's still blood coming out and the idea is that this curse that happens in this area where Ro where rohan has been tra has traveled to it puts people into these guilt-like curses where it makes them appear that they were the reason why these people died as in they murdered them when they didn't so they're trying this woman is trying to keep this secret throughout all time she hides the body away she keeps the, i don't know why she did this but she kept the body close so people can't find him like nobody just all of a sudden noticed that this guy was missing or maybe they did and she had it the whole time and she kept him with it because his blood is still pouring years later even after she got married so she created somehow she she hid him in a compartment in their house where she could actually hide him and he's still draining blood from every day he drains blood from his body it, like there should be no more blood pouring but she always finds a way to hide the blood away or whatever like that at this point you're married for all those years you can't tell me that you can't find a a way to dump the body or whatever like that or and i'm not that i'm you know justifying this but i'm thinking in the mind of a crazy person like her <laughs> in this case she didn't want to tell the cops because it, the way it was portrayed it was like she killed them so she didn't want to be framed in that way uh it was just crazy but when rohan entered the scene he realized that there was some dark anomaly going on in here and he was able to figure it out because there was a little girl that fell 
you know, on the ground. And it was made to look like he killed her. But he figured out that there was some dark anomaly there. So he used his powers, his stand powers to actually figure out what was going on and revive the, the young girl. So he was able to truly figure out what was going on and that was pretty much the premise of the second episode there were other episodes as well i think the uh the third episode was a friend of his wanted to check out this residency because she noticed that anybody that was like 25 years old who got a residency at this house at one of these houses in this area become insanely rich and famous and successful so she wanted to be a part of this but in order to do so she had to conduct the best proper etiquette that you could possibly do and by doing so you could get you're granted the house if not you fail and you got you got to go back home you will never get to buy a house in this residency at all so come to find out she lost she fell she did something wrong i mean like the proper the terms of etiquette that you have to do to get to be able to um buy one of these houses is so tight but come to find out this is one of the, another one of these dark anomalies because she, while she fell, she wanted to prove that she, you know, was worthy of buying one of these houses. She also explained that she was going through a lot of stuff at home with her parents and stuff like that and everything wasn't going her way. Well, come to find out even worse, because she begged the resident, the agent, out of whoever that was that was, she was trying to get approval of the house. I guess we call him an agent or something because she wanted it so bad which was also a big no-no and what you should do uh, in terms of trying to um, buy this house. Begging was also one of the big negatives that they didn't want. That caused her to lose something that was very, uh, things that were very valuable to her. In this case, it was her boyfriend and her mom who for some reason just happened to be in the same car and the, the dark anomaly caused an accident killing both of them. Or so she thought in this case. And so she, it drove her mad in this case. And it just turned into a whole type of situation. Again, this is one of those things that Rohan had to find out for himself. So the stories that he's telling are based on his travels. Uh, because if you know, Kisabe Rohan is a manga artist. He's a famous manga artist. Think he, the way they're talking, he's Jim Lee level. Uh, you know, manga artist or comic artist, I should say. And he what he does is that he's so rich that he travels to different areas to find inspiration for his next comic or manga and he even he even brought some islands or hills or whatever like that and that's what kind of led into the third episode the fourth episode here and i the reason why i'm going from two three four because i forgot what happened in the first episode <laughs> but the fourth episode was even crazier because it revolved around this guy who was a actor and he had this girlfriend who was supporting him and she noticed that he was getting in shape he was and the other thing i like about this the, these four episodes is that th there's a real world reference there are a lot of real world references that are being said in these episodes uh like her mentioning brad pitt and you know certain other stars and celebrities and music that they were mentioning here that they never did before in the original diamond is unbreakable tv uh series or anime series if i'm correct i don't recall them doing it. i think they did a stardust crusaders and i know they used a lot of music from you know these areas but i didn't i don't recall them referencing you know actual real world stars so the fact that she mentioned brad pitt from fight club like that her boyfriend was looking like brad pitt when he was uh in fight club i thought that was very interesting but yeah he was getting himself in major shape to you know 
um, to appear in different, you know, um, movies and whatnot. But in preparation for that, he's taking from her credit card. He's draining her wallets. I mean, doing everything just to stay in shape. Like he's abusing his, he's taking advantage of her in such a bad way, but he's getting obsessed by getting in shape to become a better movie star. He, he joins up with uh, Rohan at a gym. They somehow compete in a gym. They, uh, Rohan is also getting in mad shape and he's getting obsessive, like to the point that like even uh, he, he wants all the attention. Uh, he wants everybody to help him train more. The trainer that he has in the gym, uh, who's also training other people, you know, he's jealous of that. So what does he do? He kills everybody that is in his way of point, uh, getting all this stuff. And he's still draining his girlfriend's wallet. He even turns his entire, the entire building, like he's getting in so much mad shape that he's able to do some really crazy, creepy things. He takes, he drains her money, takes a whole bunch of yen from her, use that money to buy the, I guess the, the, the hooks that you need to create like one of those climbable mountains that you see in gyms and all those places. Well, he turns the entire apartment building complex into that so he could climb everywhere he needs to be even in a rooftop and everything she's all tired of it she's fed up with it she's like trying to kick him out of the house she's trying to break up with him everything we learn later on that this dude killed everybody that was in his way the the trainees that were the tra that the uh, fitness trainer was training they are losing money because they lost because he killed everybody in there he killed his girlfriend and his and the only way we found out is because rohan was challenging him uh, on a treadmill and it's still where they you know they reach 25 miles the first person to reach 25 miles wins and this guy this this competition got so crazy he finally rohan started figuring out that something was wrong here he used his stand power to figure out what was going on and that's when you learned that he killed everybody to get where he was trying to get to now and then even worse the dude takes a a dumbbell throws it out the window of the high rise of this apartment so not even caring that it could fall on somebody a 45 pound dumbbell or something to that nature is being thrown out the window so this window is broken these guys are running fast as hell and whoever stops is going to eventually actually be thrown out of the window dying so this is no longer a friendly competition this is a competition to the death and it just gets wild so i love this series if you are into these horror series and whatnot like this this is for you i'm normally not but because it's based on the bizarreness of jojo the jojo universe i was able to be able to get into it and the storytelling is really well done it's, it's on netflix right now go at it it's four episodes half hour each and i highly recommend this so folks that will do it for what's new in the world of it. Oh, I, you know what? I should really also note this too. This is really interesting before I even stop this completely. The voice of Kisabe Rohan. It was once voiced by Vic Mignogna, uh, who admittedly was one of the first guests I've ever had on the show. He's been on twice. Um, of course, if you know, if you're an anime fan, especially of English voice actors, you know that Vic Mignogna had some some issues back then in regards to sexual misconduct situations that led to him not um voicing any of these you know famous voices that we know him for like brawley uh who is now played by johnny young Bo. uh uh and now even 
Kisabe Rohan. He was the original voice of Kisabe Rohan in Diamonds Unbreakable. He is no longer. That is now being taken over by Landon McDonald. And I got to give credit. You would never know the difference. Landon McDonald does a great job voicing um, Kisabe Rohan in the same fashion that Vic Mayana did. Um, it's it's sad. It's unfortunate. And honestly, we still don't know what has come about that situation with Vic Mayana. I do know that he still has a huge following of people that still follows him to this day. He still has a lot of supporters out there. Um, but that situation has never really come to, you know, it, it never came to conclusion as to what has really happened. I do know that he apologized for what um for whatever people felt that was considered uncomfortable or you know not proper or whatever to that nature um it's just a weird situation but i he hasn't he he's working on projects but none of them are voice acting projects um so it's it's unfortunate but it is what it is but linda mcdonald uh, mcdonald did a great job um doing that voice again so uh, that's pretty much all I got to say. And that's we'll do it for what's new in the world of ACMG. We're going to take a break. Come back. Yeah, this will probably be what I consider my Mystery Science 3000 review of Monster Hunter. And uh, we'll talk about why. We'll do that right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, the voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go. Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on Talk Time Live. TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live! Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. Rise up. The answer lies in the heart of battle. You're listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Hadouken! Do it. And now it's time for our talk topic of the week. Ready? Fight! Folks, we are back with our talk topic of the week, and it is my misfortune, I mean review, of Monster Hunter. Uh, this is Paul W.S. Anderson's latest video game adaption. Uh, if you know that name, you also know that name is familiar with the cult classic known as Mortal Kombat, which came out in 1995, which indeed was possibly, in my opinion, one of his best movies. <laughs> He's also worked on the Resident Evil series, which you know gets mixed reviews depending on who you're talking to in this situation but you know some people liked it some people didn't i was never a resident evil fan so i never jumped on it but i also didn't get the premise of it i think a lot of the the, the disdain or dislike for those movies possibly had to do with his wife mila jovovich who we all know from the series as well as the fifth element which really which is where she really got her uh, kickstart at and she is once again the lead actor for this movie nepotism aside this movie i 
you know, it's hard for me to really explain this because I do, there are parts of this movie I like. There are some pluses to this movie, but there's also problems with this movie that stems from the same problems that you would say in movies like X-Men. You know, X-Men First Class or X-Men, not even First Class, X-Men Apocalypse or X-Men The Dark Phoenix. And that is focusing on star power. There was too much focus on star power and not enough on the fanfare that made gamers and fans love this series alone. And I have said many a times that I am not a fan of Monster Hunter in terms of how the gameplay is, but I've played enough Monster Hunter games to know that this has to feel like a Monster Hunter game. So what Anderson has done is that he's turned this into a a horror film, a thriller, basically. Like this felt more like Resident Evil virtually halfway, more than halfway through the actual movie. And then in other parts, it felt like a Mortal Kombat, like with the same formula that they did for Mortal Kombat, especially near the end, at the very end. They did the exact same thing at the very end that they did for the for Mortal Kombat in 95. It the exact same thing. It ended the exact same way. It was crazy. And I was when I saw when I saw the um, the film near the end, I was like, "Oh, this is they're going to do the exact same thing. They're going to end it the exact same way they did." And in fact, they did, which basically showed them in fighting form, ready to fight the new enemy that was coming forth. Which sounds like they're leading into a Monster Hunter sequel. In some cases, when '95 Mortal Kombat did the exact same thing, where you thought that they defeated Sh uh, Sang Shun and everything was gonna be all right. And then all of a sudden, Shao Kahn shows up and the dark, like in exact, almost in the exact same way. If, if I put both of those scenes together, it's so formulaic in this case. I, what, I, what I didn't like about this movie was that they did what is done in the 90s and is totally the, the reason why we hate some of these movies in the 90s. It's so much focused on star power. It's not focusing on the continuity and narrative that we're used to. Now, granted, Monster Hunter prior to World and the new um, game Rise, which is coming, didn't have a story. There was no narrative or storyline to any of those games. So I think if anybody's at fault, it's Capcom for not really having a actual, an actual narrative to these games up until now. I wonder if they saw this movie and was like, okay, we need to start having storylines that revolve around the universe. Because basically what, what Anderson did, he wrote, well, first of all, he wrote and directed this, um, along with uh, Kaname uh, Koji, uh, Fujikov. Uh, he turned it into, it's like the Transformers. It's like Michael Bay and Transformers. He, uh, well, that, that made more sense than this. He put in a real world element into this by having these multi, these dimensional type of situations happen. So now you got the United Nations involved in this whole entire thing, you know, and then they get sucked into this, to the Monster Hunter world. It's the same formulaic storytelling that they did way back when Masters of the Universe came out in the eighties with Dolph Lundgren playing uh, He-Man. And you had this real world element of this you know of you know these characters from new york intertwining with the uh castle grace going all these things right now this then you had the smurfs 
do the same thing. Tom and Jerry's about to come out and they're about to do the same thing with that storyline too. Somehow, some way, the, these animated characters are gonna end up in the real world. I, I can't tell you how much I am not a fan of that type of storytelling. It rarely ever works. The only time I think, the only movie that I think it actually worked for was Sonic the Hedgehog. That was the only movie that they made so much sense of how they did that. This was not one of those cases. And again, here's the thing. The difference between Sonic the Hedgehog and Monster Hunter is that they made the full focus was on Sonic and not like the stars around it. You know, it was fully based on even as great as Jim Carrey was. Jim Carrey didn't outshine Sonic's character. He complimented Sonic's character by becoming the best antagonist that you could be for the Sonic character. So he didn't really outshine the character because you there was times where you love seeing Sonic and there was times where you see love seeing Eggman. This was not the case. You had all these new fictional characters in here. And I, and I love the star power. I love the star power. Like, and I will say this. The acting wasn't bad. I think the, the, the direction was bad. I like, you know, the character. Even Mila Jovovich. I have nothing wrong. Mila Jovovich is, she's a pretty good actor. She's a good actor. I mean, like, it's just, I think she, the stigma is her husband who always puts her as the starring role of his of these movies um you also had tony jay who played as hunter he was you know he was he was the hunter of monster hunter you have ron perlman as the admiral probably the only recognizable character um from the actual uh from the uh from the monster hunter universe he's the admiral or i believe is based on the monster hunter world uh game ti aka tip harris was on here he played one of the united nations uh soldiers lincoln uh you had megan good gotta love some megan good she played the character dash you had uh josh hellman playing steeler uh jen uh jung as axe you know you I mean you had these guys in here but however the bad part is is that they were just cannon fodder to make mila jovovich character artemis look good the premise of this really also pissed me off too because again they don't explain well they don't explain it it took them an hour and 15 minutes to explain why everything was happening and basically you got lieutenant uh, lieutenant artemis uh with her soldiers who's in this desert doesn't explain why they're in this desert but they encounter this big dimensional dark cloud that engulfs them into the monster hunter universe and then they discover that they're gonna die because there's a bunch of monsters that are just coming in and they don't know how to handle it. They're using, of course, regular bullets. It's not working at all. Somehow regular bullets doesn't work, but the indigenous weapons that Hunter used works perfectly for these uh, things. I, you know, and then you had rocket launchers too. They kind of worked in there, but it didn't. But they got sucked into this new world. They don't explain why these people were even in that area at the time or the fact that they got sucked into this world not until at least the hour and 15 minutes literally i counted it was like no more a little over hour 15 hour 17 minutes for them to explain it and then and furthermore this, the movie starts off with us seeing um the actual monster hunter characters uh sailing in the sand with their ship you know and you see rob perlman for the first time you don't see ron perlman until like an hour and 17 minutes later that's a problem to me because the the actual premise of this movie should be based on those characters that we saw in the beginning of the movie instead we get this real world narrative this was, to me it, it was like it should have been a side story it was a side story that was made into a main story and 
Now, what you have here is you got a horror movie. You got a horror, like, to my knowledge, Monster, I've played enough Monster Hunter games to know that that's not, the, the game is not a horror genre movie. It's not a horror genre game like Resident Evil is. This is a an adventure game. Like, it should have been. It, If anything, it should have been portrayed like Hook. The old Robin Williams movie Hook. That's, to their credit, the one thing is that this movie did get right was, in fact, that they, the sceneries. The, the real star of this show was the, was the sceneries. The real star of the show was the CGI and special effects. That was the... That was without a doubt awesome. They all of, all of the monsters that you're familiar with from the game were on here. They looked believable. They looked like they were on air. They spared no expense on the CGI. But upon that, the story and the narrative was just not there because, like, if you cut off the hour and 15 minutes and go straight to the part where uh, the Admiral and Hunter and and Artemis and them all are in the actual Monster Hunter universe and they're doing what we are familiar with from the game. That to me was the movie. This hour and 15 minutes of just Mila Jovovich surviving after her entire team, including which included T.I. and Megan Good, was killed by these monsters. Like, what was the point of them all being there? Here's my thing. I felt the, the movie just felt like it was afraid to be what it was meant to be. It was a outdated concept of just trying to bring real world elements to make sense of what's going on instead of making and writing a movie that's totally based around the universe that is monster hunter i don't understand why he couldn't do it and i think it's a reason it's because he he they couldn't they didn't have the mindset the the imagination to totally make it based on the universe why bring the united nations why bring the real world why even involve reality into this why not just you had this is the, the movie was an hour and 40 minutes you mean to tell me that you could make sense of the world in the remaining minutes of the movie like for a half hour you were able to to connect all of this together and revolve it around the world of of the monster hunter universe but you couldn't do it for you couldn't write a, a good story that just revolved around it just to me it just felt like you just made this to make Mila Jovovich look good. And she, you know, she's already a badass. She can, we know that she can play a badass. I, it just felt like this was just a means to, you know, to make her brand look better. And that's fine. If you wanted to do it, that's fine. Here's the thing. Why not bring her, T.I., Megan Good, Diego Bonetta, you know, Ron, you know, um, and, and a lot of these soldiers that, like, you could have wrote them into that world as one of the warriors in that world. Why did they have to be soldiers going in from the real world, getting and go? I thought that was just such a lame cop out. It just felt like a cop out to try to make a movie based around the actual universe. I don't understand why they couldn't do it, but we have here an hour and 17 minute horror movie which came off to me it didn't it didn't even feel like monster hunter for hour 15 uh for hour 15 or 17 minutes you know what it felt like pitch black it felt like the the vin diesel movie you know that that was out and that made more sense because that was a total original concept but this right here i was i was so disappointed i was so disappointed by what they did you know 
this was a movie built for Riddick more than it was built for <laughs> a Monster Hunter game. Man. It, it just it, it was disappointing to that extent. But I will like again, I will say if not for the special and I think this is where some people will defend it because they get to see some of their favorite monsters in here. You do get to see elements of Monster Hunter in there. Like once they get once she meets up again with Admiral and the crew and you see some familiar things like the weapons you see um the cat you know the the uh the cat characters that are in the game so they do have some they do have some fanfare i just felt like it just wasn't enough to do what they should have been doing they just made it into a an entire sci-fi horror film it didn't no you didn't need to do this it's watchable it's not enjoyable you know if you don't if you're a person who don't know about who doesn't know about the monster hunter movies i think you can find an enjoyment in this because you don't have any clue about this but if you're a fan of monster hunter and i think there are a lot of fans of monster hunter that watched it because they gave this a really low rating <laughs> as a result then yeah man it, it's it's not gonna work it, it, it and it didn't work and even worse the worst part about this is that i don't even think they made enough money uh, in, the, in the theaters for this movie because it was deep in the heart of COVID. <laughs> so I don't know how they were going to even try to, you know, make any money with this. But Rotten Tomatoes even gave this a 47. You know, the audience rating was 70%. And I think you're going to find the people who do like it are people who rather don't know about this series and you just seen it for just as an action sci-fi horror. Or you got those fans who just settle for just seeing something that looks remotely like um what they play in the games and that's how we were back in the day in the 90s because they didn't have the technology they didn't have the means or the money to do what we're doing now with like marvel studios films or D even dc films or, or stuff like that or even you know the Arrowverse and stuff like that. there was not enough money to give us the fanfare that we were uh that we're enjoying right now we have this element we just need good writing now and that's what i think they felt the, the the question was not based on the actual special effects it wasn't based on the acting it was totally based on the writing and i think the writing was the big fail here for it because to write a story that involved actual soldiers from a real world instead of just you know like huh, it, it just it boggles me it, it just it's a shame because it was it, it, it had me coming out of this with the same feeling i had with the fantastic four movie in a sense not exactly i actually do think that this is watchable compared to the fantastic four i still have not watched that since i went in theaters but i just felt like they could have done better they could have done so much better uh with this and ugh, it, it's just so sad i'm trying to see how much money this thing made in the box office um box office gross was 12 million eight that's not a lot at all and now if i know how much their monster hunter let me see i want to see how much today made monster hunter movie budget they made 1200 each the budget for this was 60 million and they only made 12 million from that Oh, I, a lot of that is more or less blamed on the fact that they decided to do this, bring this in the theaters. 
that that I believe that's mostly. I think if COVID wasn't around, it probably would have made more than that. Uh, but still would have been possibly rated as not a good movie in a sense of really making sense of what's going on. Like, I, I just why not just make like I said, just make a movie based on like the 100 an hour and 45 hour 17 minutes was this movie showing how badass Artemis was and how much of a survivor she was compared to her unit which it, it, it was it was bad and it, at first you, it made it seem like she was gonna die and I was like wait they they couldn't have killed her off in the first part because it made it seem like she was she wasn't gonna survive and some of the characters uh, felt like Tip we thought Tip was gonna survive but apparently spoiler alert he did not no surprise there um but artemis manages to survive and a lot of it had to do with her um character hunter and those two starting to you know bond together as they go on along so you know you got that today but that that was like an hour and a half and it during an hour and if i'm not an hour and a half hour and 15 but during an hour and 15 minutes we were here trying to figure out how did they end up in the situation it wasn't until we get back with Artemis and it was like, it, we only got like a, what, a half hour left into this movie for them to explain everything. They could have explained all this in the beginning. They dragged this out so much just to focus on Milo Jovovich. And to me, that was just like, there was so much lack of character development in this thing. It, it, it left me just not wanting to care about this movie. You know? and, and as a person who is trying to really find something to like about monster hunter this movie did not help me at all this movie didn't did not do a good job of helping me become a monster i think monster hunter rise will be the movie i mean will be the element that possibly makes me a better fan of this series but i you know you sprinkle a little bit of fanfare in this and you know you got people who are just going to settle just to like it just for what it is but overall now nah, if you compare it to how and yeah, I have to. You compare it to how Marvel Studios has been doing so well with bringing these characters to life from the from these comic books, and you know um, CW's Arrowverse with Flash and Arrow and all of them, and how they were successfully able to make Supergirl and all those, and Flash and 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 even Black Lightning and all those other guy, uh, characters come to life. You gotta understand that like this was not a good deal. I like I said, it's not totally bad the special effects are awesome the um the the monsters look exactly like the monsters from the game but overall i just think it, it was a, it was not for me and a lot of people you know agree on that and now i see why like even on imdb on a scale of one to ten like this movie got 5.3 on imdb in this case like I said, if you are just if you if you want to watch it, you know if you're a sci-fi fan or or uh, a horror fan or action horror fan, this actually you might enjoy it on that aspect. But if you're a fan of the video game, there's a there's a lot of reason why you I can see why you may not like what you see. If you cut, like I said, if you cut the last half hour of the game, of the, I'm sorry of the game, if you cut the last half hour of the movie where it just focuses on like Admiral and Ron Perlman and all them fighting against um, the, the the main monster of this whole thing, 
which is the same monster that you that's uh, on the uh, Super Smash Brothers game too. If you take that element, that's a good movie. It was it reminded me of Bumblebee the movie. Like when the first fifteen minutes of Bumblebee, it was all f- focused on Cybertron. And even though the Bumblebee movie was great overall, the first fifteen minutes of Bumblebee made you feel like this is the best Transformers movie I've ever seen because everything looked just like what we loved about the um, the cartoon in the eighties. And then the movie just happened to be really good too. It's like one of the best Transformers movies that was made thus far. But this here, it's watchable. It's not enjoyable for me. And this is just for me. I know there's some people who are going to like it because they seen this. They're seeing their favorite monsters from the game. They seen the, the weapons that they're accustomed to. They see the little cat, you know, pirate that you know people see in the game. So you do get that. You do get uh, some fanfare, but I think they could have done so much better with this. So if I was to give this a grade overall, like I said, it's watchable. It's not enjoyable for me. I like the fanfare elements. The special effects were great. The acting, I will give credit. There was nothing wrong with the acting, in my opinion. It was just the. It was just the writing. The storytelling and the narrative alone is what weakens this. And that to me is like kind of the heart of everything. Um, if this was really a part of what Monster Hunter was in a the game, then we would have a higher, much higher grade. But it's not. There's no soldiers from the real world, from our world, in any of the Monster Hunter games that you ever see. So I don't know why they needed to do it here. It was no purpose. It was it just an easy way to get these well-known uh, celebrity stars in this movie and these actors in this movie like i i would have loved to see tip in some monster hunter gear you know doing some really cool stuff i don't think he would have been he would have been against that i know megan good would would have been um cool to do to be in monster hunter armor and fighting off monsters with you know monster hunter weapons and all the stuff and i think she would look damn uh good in it as well i mean it's megan good she looks great in everything <laughs> i just think that they just it was it was a it was uh, a misuse of a they were they were actors that were just underutilized and just not written well for that for the for what they were doing so and it's not their fault because they took the job they i don't know i don't i'd be surprised if they any of them are monster hunter fans of the game but they you know they did what, what for what they did it was good so um but overall if i'm gonna give this an overall grade it's gonna be a solid c for me like this just i can watch this on tv or whatever like that unfortunately i own the damn digital now because they don't rent but that's a whole other thing but this is something i could i'll probably maybe watch out of all my library of things down the line i i just i just see this as you know uh paul anderson just turning this into another series of movies that makes under his vision and not the vision of what the fans perceive or what not the nature with the game he's one of the i I realized that he's one he got paul anderson is one of these actors kind of like michael bay where they feel like it's all about their their vision and not the vision of the integrity or of uh of the continuity that it involves so you're not trying to create recreate the magic that was you're trying to there's a there's a a a hidden personal agenda in this and in in this case his agenda seems to be Mila Jovovich in this case 
who again i don't have problems with i could she just she didn't have to be a soldier she could have been an actual she could have been an actual warrior in that land but instead of capturing the essence of the game you created your own narrative and your own vision for it and this is not one of those franchises or this is not one of those type of situations where you where you do that so it just it fell off with me with that alone i just couldn't get down with it so you know there may be i know there are people like it for me it was just okay it was just okay at best so it gets a c for me so all right i got through that folks that will do it for this edition of talk time live thank you guys so very much for checking it with this show and again to all the people in texas right now that are going through these crazy times and these unfortunate climate um you know climate control situations you know god um please stay safe do your best hopefully we could get um everybody would be okay and i know we've actually lost some people during these times uh because they're not used to this climate and they're under some really bad situation they're not getting the help that they're in need right now hopefully our president will be able to help fix that situation because it's a natural it's a natural disaster right now over there you know i mean this is stuff that you know people have been talking about for the last few years that was going to happen it's going to create a danger like texas having a winter storm you don't find that a problem <laughs> uh if you don't see that that's a problem because throughout all my 40 years of living texas is the one place that you would never see this type of situation happen this is telling right there so thoughts and prayers and and hopes that everybody will come out of this better and you know thoughts and prayers to the people who lost somebody due to this unfortunate situation over there and right now so ah man um just 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 crazy but i digress um thank you all for checking out the show but you could always check out this episode and every episode on talktownlive.com as well as our exclusive interviews of some of the most well-known names in our favorite fandoms you could go to our talk time live exclusive tab in the page and you could click on and check out the interviews there or you could type in talktimelive.com forward slash exclusives in there and uh enjoy it some some of your favorite stars some of your favorite voice actors some of your favorite video game developers are all there and more to come as well you can also never miss a beat by subscribing and downloading on spotify iHeartRadio, apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, stitcher podbean TuneIn, audible pocket cast and pandora as well we're everywhere and anywhere you talk time live wants to be so please continue to support us let everybody know about acmg presents talk time live the podcast and um let's keep it going we got a lot more to talk about this week um superman and lois premieres this week so stay tuned for that we will be talking about that next week um also some people may have gotten the early copy but persona 5 strikers is coming out tomorrow officially for everybody but i know some people got the early ones so stay tuned for that we're going to be talking about more and select start as well we got a lot to talk about and review in the world of gaming and just all of our favorite fandoms so folks that will do it for me on behalf of myself this is dax xavier josiah saying learn to let go live life and love all things anime comics movies and games this is acmg presents talk time live i am out here take care
Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.